Believer readers to another amazing podcast. I'm James B. here with Eddie. And today we're going to talk, Eddie, about, well, we're not really officially sure. I'm going to try to punch All out right. four issues in a row, but if we run a little long, we can cut things short. And by running long, I mean if you go on a tangent. So. Hey. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's it's good content. It's uh, it's it's good. It's good talk. But uh, Eddie, I'm gonna just start off, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cover an issue, and then I'll give you a chance to speak about it because I didn't find any of these issues particularly worth their own uh, podcast. So I'm gonna All start right. off with uh, number 16, which is called the Duel with Daredevil. Um, so here's my one minute summary. Uh, Eddie, panel one. Mm. It's uh, it's Aunt May, and she's telling Peter to date Mary Jane Watson. Uh, he does have an excuse, which is, quote, I have a girlfriend. Spider-Man Sorry. then breaks up some burglars who are about to rough up Matt Murdock because even though he is blind, he, quote, might have heard our voices. Um, meanwhile, the big plot line is at the circus in town. And the biggest problem should be that everyone at the circus is part of a, a criminal organization to rip off all the people. But the biggest problem is actually that Matt Murdock and Peter Parker are deciding to attend or not attend and how it could impact their romantic lives. So there's a lot of uh, lot of spent on that. Um, the Ringmaster's ability, Eddie, he has this hat, and he can use it to hypnotize people, and he uses it to hypnotize Spider-Man at one point. Uh, does not work on Daredevil, because Daredevil, if you don't know, is blind. Um, so he uses Spider-Man to then fight Daredevil, uh, who is basically uh, practically soloing the rest of the circus by himself, fighting everybody. Um, it's a 10-page battle. You know, I'd love to tell you how long they're. 10-page battle. battle. And then Daredevil at the end frees Spider-Man. Um, and the book ends with words of wisdom. It actually says, always face front. Eddie, what's going on with issue 16? How'd you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Spider-Man rides the great Gambino around a trapeze. That was my, that was my favorite moment in this one. Otherwise, the, the plot is to steal all the people's valuables that are in the audience. I mean, after having such a clever hypnosis ability... <sighs> all right that's all for me that's all for me in this you, issue i'm sorry you, okay they aim, they aim too low for you the ringmaster huh? <laughs> not my style all right he'll uh apparently previously it said it was a hulk villain and he will be back at some point right. i'm sure okay well the next issue is not about the ringmaster and daredevil um but it does have a return of another hero and Uh-oh. eddie that is the human torch and before i get into it i have a question for you about the human torch okay okay i'm ready my question to you is um, you've read a lot of issues recently, um, so I don't want to know. I got ahead a little. You bit. are ahead a little bit, so I'll just say this: up and through issue, um, up through issue twenty-one. Um, how many times does the Human Torch appear uh, in Spider-Man comics? How many comics is he in? So I'm going to say the I'm going to say the first twenty-one books plus the I annual mean, makes twenty-two issues. How many Human Torch appearances are there in the first twenty-two? books in this um, i feel like this guy's all over the place i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for 12 okay he's in issue one three five eight then he has a big long time off he oh. comes back for annual one then he does 17 spoiler for us of our podcast 18 19 and 21 he's in oh. he's in nine of the first 22 he will then appear he will then appear, Eddie, in four of the next 110 issues over the next nine years. We're about to wrap up 
the torch. He's no longer <laughs> out of going, here. Yeah, he's going to appear in two annuals and then a double issue back in the, around the 70s. Um, so it's going to be a while before we see him after this little run here. But he is there today. And um, in this particular issue, which is return, excuse me, the return of the Green Goblin. Um, yeah. The Goblin is back. He's out for Spider-Man, uh, as I like to point out, for no apparent reason. Flash has created a Spider-Man fan club. Liz Allen's dad, who Flash mistakenly calls Mr. Brandt, uh, probably because they, they said something like just he's obviously Peter Parker's uh, girlfriend's dad. And, the, the, you know, the, the editors couldn't even keep track of who Peter's dating in this book. Um, he's generally provided a location for this at the Avenue Dinner Club. Uh, Mary Jane Watson. Oh, she has a bad cold. So once again, will not appear in this issue. Jeez. Spider-Man shows up. To see his fans, and the Goblin shows up because he knows Spider-Man's going to be there. He's going to fight him. The Human Torch is kind of the only person who realizes there's a real fight going on. Everyone I, thinks it's part of the show. Do, do you want to add something? Here? I can't. I can't get over this one. I mean, like you're. Doesn't not. It seems like you're in imminent danger. I don't know. That one. That one bugged me a little bit. This one too. I'm kind of a downer again. I got a couple other things. You continue, James B. All right. Well, you get your notes ready. The Human okay. Torch uh, decides to help Spider-Man fight. Uh, Flash uh, on page 16 yells, get lost, Torch. This is a private party. Uh, Peter has the idea at one point that he needs to swap in and out of his costume, appearing as himself and as Spider-Man, because he hears Liz asking, why did she never see Spider-Man and Peter in the same place? I'm thinking there's a lot of people you don't see in the same place as Spider-Man. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Betty then sees Peter with Liz, and she says, quote, I'll never trust him again, which is just the harshest of a long section of Betty constantly worrying about her relationship with Peter. Uh, Peter hears Liz's dad to take a phone call. Um, I did check to see who was taking that phone call in details. It is the dad. Um, and the phone call is saying that Peter's aunt has suffered a heart attack. So just to let you know, they decided Peter's aunt's having a suffering a heart attack. They're like, oh, I know where he is. He's at the Spider-Man fan club. We'll just call ahead and leave a message. Uh, the goblin doesn't want to tight fight the torch so when spider-man flees because he's not interested in being any there anymore the goblin's like well i don't want to fight the torch because that's not what my my plan is my plan is to fight spider-man for no apparent reason so um this has paired this flea with uh, a botched incident early in the issue where spider-man messed up a movie scene he thought was a crime scene so his reputation takes a hit and the book ends with like spider-man just kind of being a kind of a you know mess uh, kind of big mess really so, yeah so, really messed up at the end so uh, what are you thinking eddie uh, there's quite a few things I think that happen in here that are interesting. I, I do like the continuity at, you know, in the first page, uh, Peter Parker's thinking about the goblin and he's riding his broom, you know, but then, you know, he's thinking back and then the goblin's riding his new bat, kind of straddling his new bat. Um, I forgot the name of it, the thing the goblin rides. He calls it something. Uh, but I like that that little bit of continuity in there. Uh, there's a, a few other things that go on here. Um, you already kind of hit on the fact that the audience has no idea. Like, they think it's a show. Oh, my goodness. This bothered me so much. And, and the, the fact that Peter suddenly... Be, I mean, like, it bothers me that Peter Parker worries uh, that Betty and Liz are... They're, they're like... Um, sorry, excuse me, Liz Allen is trying to figure out, starting to figure out he might be Spider-Man, right? So he has to stop and kind of think about this and change and go back. But I, I do think they can always, like, play on the fact that, like, Spider-Man is a teenager and he has, like, 
he has the troubles troubles that a teenager would have and so you know he's not in total control of his emotions so i i give him a pass on this one where he stops fighting to reappear as peter parker and then goes back as spider-man and in the fight too james i like it taking a look at the goblin's various devices particularly um did you see the uh the frog yeah. <laughs> yes, I thought. I mean, that frog. is a realistic frog. Goblin went out to catch a frog and throw it in there. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the Goblin's various devices. And overall, the uh, Goblin in general, um, I, I like his, his new kind of things that he has. Um, I just have to hit on one insult, too. Does, does that square have to pop up wherever we go? <laughs> <laughs> the square! <laughs> I, that was that was a favorite ancient insult. In that is that is of course too. that is of course Flash. That was Flash, of, of course. course yes. That's square. Uh, Eddie the Goblin, by the way, he he rides a glider. That's what it's Thank called. Thank you. In the That's what it's called. And, uh, he called right. it the Goblin Glider, but it's just we didn't call it a glider. Hey, we have a new uh, we have a new sponsor for uh, we? our Let's Read Spider-Man podcast. We do. Um, and uh, Eddie, uh, do you like parties? I do. I really do. Well, I, I might have a place for you to hang out, Eddie. The Avenue Dinner Club is for you. Uh, serving the area for many years, the Avenue Dinner Club is a great location for dinner, parties, Spider-Man fan clubs, weddings, and much more. Eddie, private parties of 10 to 150 are welcome. Uh, human matchsticks are not welcome. Um, <laughs> and Eddie, is your function smaller than 10? Because you might not have you might not have more than ten people, right? You might have a small. Can you think yeah. of a situ? Can you think of a situation where you might have a group of people less than ten? Uh, you know, like a small birthday party. Sure, sure, sure. Of like course, that. it's a, a birthday the, party. Uh, poker nights, um, oh. anniversaries with your spouse, um, or oh, if you were part of the uh, Montana fan, the or part of the Montana <laughs> fan club, uh, hey. they have a smaller hey. venue for those things. It's called the <laughs> Avenue uh, Basement Room, which is also part of the Avenue Dinner Club. So Eddie, you can come to the Avenue Dinner Club, or for a smaller function, I the Avenue will be headlining that Eddie. Basement Club today. <laughs> um, mention promo. Let's read Spider-Man. Uh, receive ten percent off, and uh, check them out on Yelp. So All thank right. you to our new sponsor. I don't know if I can. This spot. I don't know about this sponsor. I feel like some clear bias in this sponsor. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to have my birthday party there and it might also be a Montana fan club party too. I'm sure we could fit fit it in <laughs> the basement room no problem. Um well, that's the end of our commercial break, and it's also uh, a good segue to the next book, which is called The End of Spider-Man. Uh, this is Amazing Spider-Man 18. Uh and uh just a real quick point that I you asked me a couple podcasts ago, like or maybe maybe it was off the air, like where the books are compared to Spider-Man: The Fantastic oh, yeah. Four. I did a little bit of research on that for you. All right. Um, Spider-Man is always running fourteen issues behind the Fantastic Four. So um, when he is, this is now Amazing Spider-Man eighteen. It is most likely that we are now roughly on Fantastic Four thirty-two, Ooh. and the Avengers are five behind Spider-Man. So when you're looking at Amazing Spider-Man 18, uh, the fan, the Avengers are on Avengers 13. So they are uh, a few more issues before they break up their original Avengers that you would know of the Iron Man and um, Hulk and Thor. They'll all be leaving in a few issues uh to not return for a very long time, and that will just be a completely <laughs> different story. But right now, the, the Avengers are... And that's why... Um, that's why at the beginning of this book, Eddie, uh, all the heroes and villains 
are, are gathered around. And all they talk about yeah. is Spider-Man fleeing. Um, all I can talk about is that we finally get a whole bunch of a Watson, and that would be Mrs. Watson in the house. You see her in a bright yeah. red hair. Yet, Eddie, they call her Mrs. Watkins throughout. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's okay. <laughs> Peter, uh, Peter needs money for I medicine. Uh, Aunt May um, needs this medicine. Um, so he goes over and checks out Ace Printing because they have trading cards. And they don't want his likeness uh, because he's kind of like, you know, not popular right now. Yeah. So, so Betty ignores uh, Peter's calls. Um, he heads to Peerless Paste to try and sell his webbing, which doesn't work out. Um, he runs away from the Sandman, which gives the Sandman a lot of press. Because uh, Eddie, he doesn't want to be uh, hurt. He is the sole provider suddenly in his mind for his aunt. Uh, the Torch reaches out to try to help um, because the Torch is obviously, as I've pointed out in this, in this Let's Read Spam podcast, the better of the two uh, heroes all the time. <laughs> um, Flash steps up as Spider-Man to try to help Spider-Man's rep. Uh, and that doesn't really work out that well. Um, Peter sees Betty with a new man. This is a new character called Ned Leeds. This is his first appearance of Ned Leeds, who will be important. Ironically, a, a reporter named Leeds. Um, and Aunt May <laughs> gives Peter some inspirational words. And at the end of the issue, he is suddenly focused back on track. Now, that was a quick summary, Eddie. I could tell you've got some thoughts about this issue. Just, you want to pick on anything particular? The, um, there's there's quite a bit that happens um, in this issue. I I think um, I, I really I know we've talked about like Peter Parker is struggling with money, but it's just amazing how much this comes up um, throughout, you know, this issue. Like that that's a big part of this issue is trying to get money to pay for Aunt May's medicine. And I mean, I know it's kind of like I know it's comic, but it's so funny to see the artist at the uh, trading card place blow smoke into Spider-Man's face. <laughs> that is my that is my favorite panel. I'm like, wow, what a guy! He's just gonna blow smoke into a superhero's face. Not something not something I would attempt. Um, and then later on, going to sell the webbing, which I have said, I mean. I feel like not only can he make it into all these strong things, but he should like whip up a parachute, you know, whip up a giant spider with the webbing. It's so versatile. How could these guys not go for his webbing um, later on, you know, when he's trying to sell the webbing? Because I, I just think it such a thing is it is existing all over the city of new york right now I, I don't know james b what do you think about this uh peter parker always struggling with money i feel like this shouldn't be such a big problem for peter parker i guess well uh, m much like i always discuss what's the goblin's motivation for spite for fighting him i always wonder what when when uncle ben passes away and they're like, yeah. oh, now we have financial issues. I'm thinking, what was he doing before? I mean, we we know that Aunt May's job is apparently selling shoelaces. Uh, we've seen that little joke. Right. No, but I mean, what what kind of income, what kind of income does he have regularly? Like, he only needs money when there's medicine. Uh, he he doesn't have or, or any you know obviously he works as a as a photographer occasionally when he needs picture money all of a sudden. But um, it always seems to be like if he doesn't take pictures. Um, they seem to be okay, but then if there's any kind of doctor bill, he suddenly needs money. So whatever her Serious income is, trouble. it's only the doctor, I think, that really... Can you think of a situation that gets, that's not related to the doctor? Yeah, that seems to not, be the... No, it's only Aunt May and the doctor that he seems to really struggle with all throughout. And I, I gotta think, like, Peter Parker can... 
like he first of all i gotta respect the fact that he's he could drop out of high school right this would not be hard for him to do at this time particularly since he's a brilliant genius and go work in a lab or something doing his creations or whatever he's going to do so i you know i'm impressed that he decides to stay in school this whole time but i feel like there's much more gainful employment for peter parker overall that he wouldn't have to worry about money so often and slightly less dangerous <laughs> right he's like relying basically he's relying on himself to endanger himself <laughs> to take pictures to well, well he did try to get a paying gig as <laughs> spider-man a couple times remember he can't cash yeah. checks which is a problem um, right. he uh he told the fantastic four how much does a job pay i figure i'm worth your top salary i knew he was like really excited for them. and they're like ha ha rocks in your head says you know says the thing which is always a funny line to the things like you have rocks in your head we're non-profit um but uh yeah so if you don't mind uh the issue ends with him saying okay now i'm back on track and if you allow me to let's, uh, let's talk about amazing spider-man uh, 19 all right which is spidey right. strikes back this is the first book that i actually have the physical copy of in my possession i still read the uh epic collection which if anybody doesn't know the epic collection are reprints um i had 18 in my epic collection actually oh sorry sorry uh, yes it's it's it is 18 is in your epic collection but i meant that number 19 oh. um i i have nine you have i have 19 as well but the point is i didn't read my original copy i just left it sitting there oh hey, yeah spidey strikes back this is a quick summary if you allow me okay um Spider-Man breaks up a bank robbery right out right away while the enforcers are trying to f capture the human torch. Uh, it's a little <laughs> confusing because the Montana and Fancy Dan are both wearing purple, probably because Montana wants to get credit for being doing anything right. So this is maybe a little mistaken. Um, uh, he's, I, a, he's on the first page. I watch, Montana's in action. I watch very carefully, Eddie. Um, the torch escapes easily from Montana's rope and it's Fancy Dan and the Sandman who get the solo capture of the torch. Uh, Flash does call Peter a bookworm panty waist, which I thought was a good double whammy. Um, Spider-Man fights the Enforcers uh, and then a second time he fights them when they're led by the Sandman. Uh, Montana fails to land a single blow in any issue, any part at all. <laughs> He's Does, not a puncher. He doesn't do lasso. -er. He doesn't do anything at all. With the ropes, the lasso. rope is just flying around the pitchers and does nothing. Now, it's possible <laughs> that his rope makes the torch or Spider-Man act differently, but it doesn't affect them. Hey, Spider-Man just frees a torch. They capture all the bad guys. Uh, Peter wishes Ned leads best wishes and Betty's annoyed by that. Uh, I think Peter just seems to be legitimately like, sure. I think I, I don't know like the details. I have a feeling this is like the end of the, the Betty romance because we are supposed to bring in MJ at some point. Uh, the issue <laughs> the ends. That's right. The issue <laughs> ends ominously with this dude stalking around. Um, I think I know who it is. I think you do too, but I don't uh, think, yes. you, I don't think you know for sure. And I'm, I'm not positive, but you know, um, Eddie, number 19, Spidey Strikes Back. Uh, an issue that actually has Spider-Man fighting in it as opposed to the last issue. Did you, uh, yeah. do, do you remember this issue at all? Yeah. Oh yeah. I like this one. I, I did like this one. I mean, it's, a, it is amazing how much the human torch shows up all throughout these and occupies a lot of time and effort. Let's see the human torch and Spider-Man. They, they like, they have to work together and it's interesting how they get in each other's way. Right. And it's just like when, uh, the beetle 
Right, we had the Beetle before. He's not coming up until issue 21. You're a oh, that's bad. right. The Beetle's in the future. I saw that one. When he's in the future, they seem to always be getting in the way when they're fighting in this one, and that seems to be a problem regularly for the Human Torch and uh, Spider-Man when they work together. They just don't work together very well, <laughs> and I do enjoy that how will, aggravated they are at each other. That will be issue 21, the last time they appear for a many, many for years. Long, so they, yeah, that's it. He got cut out after that. They're like, this dude's in his way. I think probably because they don't need to put the torch in to pull Spider-Man's comic along anymore, even though I, he's probably right. he probably can carry his own comic. Um, I, was, I was impressed how easily they caught the torch, too, actually, the human torch in this one. And then captured him. Where did they get this fancy... I mean, where did they get the fancy chamber to... To well, keep the human torch in. The Sandman had a similar problem last time. Remember, he had a, yeah. a device, but he had, like, no air in it. This yeah. one has just a little bit of air. Apparently, there is a fine line between enough air so the torch is not quite dead, and yet he can't yeah. light his, uh, his that, finger that seems, on fire. Yeah. But I'm talking, like, this is a pretty fancy-looking chamber, and we have just the Enforcers and the Sandman. There's no, like, big man here. There's no, like, Doc Ock to, like, help these guys out, figure out how to put them in a glass chamber. Um, I was surprised at the technology to keep the uh, torch under under wraps there. It it does seem impressive. I want I want to I want to talk about the enforcers for a moment. All as right. My, as my last comment, um, I know you're probably not a huge uh, wrestling fan, nor am I these days. But back when I was watching wrestling, you would have um you know sort of like the undercard wrestlers who would show up. So let's pretend the big wrestlers that you might know. Let's say it was The Rock. We'll say in okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin, just for using examples. Right. Well, they can't just fight each other all the time. So what right. happened is like The Rock would beat up on, you know, um, some other some jabroni, you know, uh, you know Joe Bag of Donuts, and then the Steve Austin could fight Joe Bag of Donuts, and Joe Bag of Donuts could help The Rock fight Steve Austin, but he'd always be the one who loses. The Enforcers right. are sort of like the the named loser group right now. They really are. They're they're like, let's make a group of people who we can always just say, hey, you working with the Goblin? Sure. You work with the Sandman? Whatever. You're a B group. You're always available. And you're just better than just generic guys. <laughs> and and by better, I mean Fancy Dan's better. And then the other two guys are, you know, what they are. So uh, do you, uh, what's do you... the matter with you? Can't you hold one uh. little old fella? <laughs> Aw, I'll hog tie them again for you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's page 16, everybody. Yes. I, all of a sudden, so Montana, Montana starts, they like, let's give him some. It's, it's off. He is super useless. He is, he is the worst. He is I, I appreciate his weirdness is what I really appreciate. I mean, what a weird, everything about him is strange. Well, There's nothing about him that isn't odd. My thoughts on these four issues as a package, I'll, I'll close by saying they really are just a lot about Spider-Man has to come to grips with the fact that um, he's going to have to be worried about his aunt. He's going to have to worry about um, his reputation. And Peter has to worry about his aunt, like legitimately constantly forcing him um, to try to date Mary Jane Watson while he's also got to try to appease Betty for a while, but then he sort of just gives up at the end. He's sort of like, it's just easier to... I, Liz is yeah. not jealous of Betty, so he's like, it's just easier to be with Liz Allen. The, the, the whole romance story with Betty and then Ned Leeds and Liz Allen, I, it's difficult to kind of keep track of 
in that there's a lot of other stuff going on too. I, I kind of lose track of exactly why someone should be angry at somebody else too. I don't know about you, James B. I, I, I believe at one point flash even says to Liz, like, Hey, we're all, we're good now because this has been resolved. Yeah. She's like, no, we're, I'm still mad at you. It doesn't work that way. So, <laughs> but, uh, that's part of the storyline. Like that's, if you're going to read Spider-Man, you got to keep track of, that's a big part of his world. It's, it is. Yeah. It is a hard, I find it difficult to keep track of for sure. So I'm going to have to pay attention better. I, um, I think the Aunt May lines are, are, are excellent and sometimes ridiculous both ways, the way he talks to her and she talks to him. Do you remember the, do you remember the scene, um, in this last issue where he's like, excuse me, I must be at the wrong place. What's a pretty young girl doing in my Aunt May's kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line, too. The other one, the, the panels in this last issue, the one where J. Jonah's face goes from being super happy to like what? <laughs> to like really sad. Oh, man, this is a great three panels in a row, too. I really appreciate like the vivid display. And just J. Jonah Jameson. It was funny to have him, like the offbeat issue, it was funny to have him happy for like the vast majority of the offbeat issue, the one before this. Yeah, pe- people like him better the other way, according they to They do. <laughs> He's more predictable. I agree. And I speak- like angry J. Jonah Jameson. Spe- speaking of predictable, this is where I'm going to say, Eddie, we're going to wrap things up. <laughs> all right, all right. So, all right. <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm James B. here with... Eddie! And remember, fans, it's always... You should always uh, face front. All right. All right. Fine. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Yes, goodbye. I can never sing the low C, but today I sang the low C. That was that was my notable part of my day. I'm like I'm singing the low C. No one cared. No one no, me. no one cared. Does anyone know what you're talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. The cho- so when we like teach when I teach the stringed instruments, we we learn the strings by like singing a song where you like you have you say the letters something like eek 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 is for the E string, and then you go down to the lower strings until the lowest string on the violas and the cellos is a C China China China. But I can never sing it because it's too low for my register. But when I talk all day long, at the end of my day, at like 2.30, I, I managed to hit the low C. <laughs> Poor Eddie. At the end of his day. It was at exciting. Two, at 2.30 in the afternoon after a long day. <laughs> all right. Well, you That's have right. Your, you have your chamomile tea. 2.30 to 3.15. You have your chamomile so tea. So Yeah. I'm in good shape now. It's okay. kept me a little bit. All right. Hopefully these kids in their low C's don't interfere with your ability to podcast. (laughs) Well, (laughs) only by exhausting me. That's all. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. I'm ready. One more sip. I'm taking one more sip. Mm. I just really like tea. It's good stuff.